Hi, everyone. Just before we get going, I want to remind you that everything we talk about and discuss should not be considered as investment advice. The purpose of what we talk about on Catherine Murray Media and Markets on YouTube, as well as Catherine Murray in conversation with on my podcast, should be viewed as informational and entertainment purposes only. Please definitely do your own research, your own homework, and definitely consult an investment professional before making any investment decisions. And also to note, some of us might hold positions in some of the stocks uh, that we discuss. Hi, everyone. I hope you are really enjoying um, the content I've been bringing and the longer in-depth discussions, Barry Allen, Rafi Tamazian, and Today, I'm bringing you Joel Kalina. Um, he is the head of tech and media trading over at Wedbush Securities. Uh, very timely, I think, uh, just given the major sell-off we saw in the tech space yesterday, down by over 3.5%, essentially, but finding a nice rebound today in some areas. So we kind of took a look at, uh, in, in our conversation, um, the causes for the sell-off, which we kind of know, the rising rate environment, uh, sc- spooking some investors. But at the same time, we really wanted to delve into those secular themes uh, that have been emerging in the tech space and we think will continue over the next number of years. So we touched upon a couple of key areas. In fact, actually, we did a lot of areas uh, and also got to some of your questions. So I hope uh, I hope you enjoy. We covered a lot of ground. Uh, let me know what you think. Um, please subscribe and tell your friends to subscribe if you think it's worth it. And, uh, and send me a message at contact C3M of things that you want me to bring to you. Um, I've gotten a lot of your responses so far, and I'm going to continue to uh, to try to provide the, the value add. And now for my interview with Joel, please enjoy. All right. Um, Joel, great to be able to you know continue to bring your views, your thoughts, and everything you know about tech uh, to our viewers. Um, it, you know, obviously head of tech and media trading over at Wedbush Securities. So a lot going on, certainly over the past week, it feels, you know, people have been certainly, it seems a little bit nervous in terms of stepping into tech, but I think we really, you know, saw it obviously in full swing yesterday, NASDAQ down by over 3%, rising bond yields. But today, last I looked, um, we, we did have the NASDAQ in positive territory. So maybe just give us your thoughts in terms of what took place over the past two days. Yeah, it's been a it's got it's been a wild start to the year when you really think about it. Um, you know, really, you know, you look at the GameStop, the, the peak of Reddit frenzy was about a month ago, almost to the day, and that's kind of so that the past month has been a very difficult, uh, just really in terms of of some of the aggressive you know rotation that we've seen under the hood, driven by the rise in rates. Um, you know, obviously, I think you know a lot of the hedge fund community has gotten a lot more trying to stay nimble in, in, in terms of their portfolio positioning, because you don't want to be caught on the wrong side of a trade that could really go pear-shaped quickly. Um, but I mean, the, the overall theme that keeps on coming back to me in my discussions with clients is, is still being overweight tech still remains, you know, the, the, the favorite trade at the moment. Um, you know, that's probably been the case for the past five years. And the main reason for that is simply put, you know, with, with the Fed and, and global central banks, remaining extremely accommodative in terms of policy and, and, and interest rates. Um, it it kind of just is going to continue to fuel the growth trade over longer term. Now, what we've been seeing this week, especially and in, in really in, since November 9th, when we first got those Pfizer vaccine headlines, you are clearly seeing a rotation to kind of the value pockets of the market. Um, so how long that, that, that this kind of rotation lasts is, is a little bit of a mystery. I think that still has legs. But at the end of the day, you know, tech remains 
you know, still, uh, you know, you want to be overweighted in your portfolio on a longer term horizon. Near term, I'd be more neutral to underweight. But I mean, when I say neutral, I mean one to two quarters. But looking out, you know, the tech, tech landscape is only going to continue to evolve. And we are still in the early to, to early innings of the digital transformation that's just been pulled forward by, you know, years because of, of the, you know, the global pandemic. Yeah. And, and we'll talk about um, some of the themes surrounding, you know, what's been pulled forward and, and the various stocks that play nicely into that. But before we get there, Joel, because I think that, you know, people, when they see a, a big sell off like yesterday down 3.5 percent, um, you know, give us a sense in terms of what you saw. Like, Was there a lot of volume? Was there a lot of activity? Was it real long only funds that were in crowded positions, crowded trades or was it algorithmic trading? What, what was it? Yeah, it's been a, been a combo. I mean, that's been some of the interesting stuff that I've read over the past month. It seems like increasingly when you look under the hood and, and you talk to some guys, you know, some of the bigger, bigger firms in mind that have, you know, program trading desks and option desks as well. You know, increasingly retail has become a bigger part of this market. There's days where, you know, 40 to 50 percent of the total volumes coming from the retail retail side of things, which is it's, it's pretty crazy when you think about it given that was 10 to 15% just a year ago. So this dynamic of the market's not going to change though. I mean, I think that's one thing, you know, we're always going to have some sort of hybrid work from home type of, you know, it seems like type of living. Um, and, and clearly this has brought a lot more market participants, um, you know, more, a lot more participants to the market rather. Um, so it's going to remain. Uh, but in terms of in my world, yeah, I mean, like the past couple of days, there's some big drawdowns um, and we saw some real de-risking. It wasn't really, there was never really a sense of panic. But if you look at the semiconductors, there were some quality names down 10 to 15%. Nobody really knew, you know, it wasn't because of change in fundamentals, just more due to crowded positioning. And that's kind of what, what it's been hurting tech in the near term it is, like I said, it's, it's still an overweight trade. Guys are along the same names. So when you do get those drawdown days, like we had a couple, you know, this yesterday, it's just, you know, pain kind of, uh, you know, times, times two. Yeah. And, and Joel, you know, this is something that we talk a lot about in terms of why the market's down. And, you know, everybody in the media says it's because the um, U.S. 10-year yield pushed through that 1.5% level that puts downward pressure on perhaps some of the multiples in the market. And those are often so associated with the growth names, the higher multiple stocks that is. So, but describe a little bit further why, and, and I hear you, you know, from a longer term perspective, um, there are so many aspects of technology that you do want to have exposure to, but from a near term perspective, as people get concerned about inflation and perhaps even the overheating of the economy, um, you see a lot of selling pressure. But connect the dots for us why that would even take place. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a you know, that, that's, that, that's, that's a good question. I mean, it's, you know, I think it, within, within technology, the one group of stocks where valuations have gotten extremely out of whack. Um, we're mostly in the cloud, the high growth software and cloud verticals. And, and I think even the past year, some of the big high profile, you know, uh, IPOs that hit, I mean, you have stocks opening up and they're already trading at, you know, 30 to 40 times sales, if not even more, whether it was, you know, DoorDash, Airbnb, you know, Unity, um, a, a software company called AI. Um, some of these, these eye-popping eye valuations were just, you know, insane to say the least. Um, and I think that's where this, the move in the rates and, and you know, especially the, the, the tenure, it's kind of reset valuations. And, and finally, you know, valuations only matter until, until they, they do. And I think that's what we've been seeing the past few weeks in, in really the past month in tech is that now guys aren't really willing to pay up. Um, you know, you know, growth at any price gap, that trade's not working anymore. Uh, and that's why I still 
still think you want to find the winners with, within this sector that are still going to benefit from secular trends that are just a little bit more reasonable price. So like the semiconductors, you know, they benefit from a steepening yield curve. You know, they, they benefit from, from global GDP expanding and, and, and a cyclical bid out there as well, um, as well as kind of, robu- you know, robust demand from multiple end markets, whether it's, it's data center, automotive, industrial, electric vehicles, AI, um, you know, handsets, the 5G handset, you know, you know, you know, really are going to lift off in 2021 as well. And then, you know, move over to the digital, you know, social media, internet names. Look at Twitter yesterday, their analyst day, you know, they're talking up their revenue rate over the long term was just fantastic. And they're talking up new product uh, and monetization kind of initiatives. You saw it a couple of days prior in Snapchat, their first ever analyst day, they came out with just some huge numbers. So those are kind of names I still think they have, there's a lot, there's a lot more runway for growth and I, you look at a name like Facebook, some of the, you know, I, I, I'm just not a fan of Facebook here. So I think you want to look for names that are, okay, Facebook's going to struggle from the regulatory overhang, um, increasing concerns over how they, they handle people's data and privacy issues. Um, you want to look to, towards, you know, second tier names uh, within that, that kind of vertical and who's going to benefit from, from investors, you know, money coming out of Facebook. It's going to be the guys owning Snap, Pins, and Twitter. Um, so things like that are kind of what we're seeing, just really a shift within tech, which has been kind of fantastic to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Joel, just in terms of what we're actually seeing today, before we get into some of those more company-specific stories and those themes to play, um, what, what are we seeing? Uh, you know, I, I mentioned yesterday when I did my market recap that we'll see what today looks like if it'll be a buy on the dip scenario, which yeah. is really what's worked since the financial crisis, and that appears to be what we're seeing now. It might be tenuous, and I don't know what the volumes are looking like at this moment, but, um, but what's going on today? Well, you just hit the nail on the head. Volumes, the volumes aren't there, and that's ten. That that has been the case almost every rally we've seen, especially this week, uh, where we get these dead cat bounces. It's been on no volume. I just looked at you know Nasdaq volumes down thirty thirty seven percent versus the twenty day average for this time of the day. We'll see if that that, that should pick up you know in, into the last kind of couple hours of trading given month end. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. Uh, but that's been the trend: is that volume, the big volume days have been on the down days. And, you know, you, you are seeing rallies being sold uh, versus a dip spot. And that's kind of what's been the, the mentality that I've seen, in, in, in at least in my seat over the past. But again, today you look at um, the solar names are back at the top of the leaderboard. Semi-equipment names kind of were, were, were at the bottom yesterday, at the top today. But like I, I kind of said yesterday, talking to a lot of guys, it just seems like February trading has been the key has been staying nimble not getting, you know, get not being caught off sides in a position that's gone, you know, could get, you know, ugly pretty quickly. And so hence you kind of, it's been a very choppy month to say the least, mm. uh, but it's been a good month for, you know, January was a tough month for the hedge fund community. So, you know, guys have seen a big recovery in their P and L's over the past kind of four weeks or so. We'll see, see what March brings, but there's definitely a lot of nerves. The, the Reddit army is real. Um, and, 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 you know, all-star fund managers have to pay attention to it because um, you don't want to yeah. doors to clo- close because of, of a company like GameStop, which again, as we all know, it's gone parabolic the past few days. And it's a it's a dying business that's going to generate a dollar in EPS max. And right now it's trading, you know, well over a hundred dollars again. So that's a hundred multiple in a dying business in a strip mall. Wow. And, and so explain that. Like what, what, what's been driving that? 
Yeah, it, it and it is. It's been a lot of a lot of uh, there's a lot of funky funky funkiness under the hood is the way I kind of sum it up. So it's obviously I don't know if it's coordinated, but there's clearly a lot of people on on social media platforms that have gotten together, and they're they're also involved in really you know far outdated option activity, which creates you know other other you know creates you know gamma and option dealers forcing to cover some of their positions to hedge. So there's a lot of elements going on with some of these these Reddit names, which it's 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 complicated none of it really makes sense and, and clearly anyone who's buying it up here it's essentially a ponzi scheme because all you're hoping for is that someone's willing to you're you know to buy it higher than you because fundamentals don't really support anything what we're seeing in, in a wide range of stocks and 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 i saw i know you we, we talked about arc investment fund and that's where you know the rise of kathy wood uh and arc investment is something to keep an eye on and, and in the coming months um that's kind of what am i what i'm you know paying paying most attention to lately because um, if, 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 if it, I don't know if it's a bubble um, it's mm-hmm. it's keep an eye on though <laughs> and, and just describe what that means though Joel in terms of um, you know why her funds matter or what's been going on there yeah so in, in fairness to her she's been a, a voice a, a nice a fresh change for a lot of investors especially younger investors she's, she's been bullish on emerging technologies whether it's been crypto uh, EV she's been very early in uh, some of her calls, a lot of the work from home plays she's been big in, like Zoom Media, DocuSign, those type of names as well. But now that you know her, her inflows, they they rose sixfold in 2020. So she has to put that money to work. And 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 I think you know becoming a victim of your own success, she's had to kind of you know ratchet up the, her risk scale a little bit. I think you know something I read: 43% of her funds are in, in very illiquid, smaller cap stocks. Um, which again, if, if, if the tide turns, things can get out of control very quickly. I think she has over 13 positions with over 13% holding uh, in all of those. And I think the issue with because e- of ETF status, you have to be very transparent. So the market is fully aware almost on a daily mm. of what she's doing. Like we knew she added to her Tesla position earlier in the week, Bitcoin, she doubled up on, on workhorse you know, a name that, you know, that was, was trading at a, a ridiculous valuation because of expectations on a big, you know, postal service deal. Well, they lost it. And the stock fell, what, you know, 50 to 60%. So huh. she pulled up there. Stock had a big squeeze yesterday on some some noise from, from a member of Congress, but now it's rolling back over today. So that's kind of where the risk can lie is that the holdings in her, 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 her ETFs are just, they're, they're known to the world. Wow. So and people, you know, can't, can't just front run these positions ahead of expected redemptions. And you could see the momentum snowball effect go in the other way. So it's something to keep an eye on. Yeah. And, and it's interesting that the dynamic that you just described is something that I think that, you know, um, retail individual investors, family offices are like, wait, what, what's going on? Because that's, that's not what I know about, you know, looking at a Coca-Cola and trying to figure out how many bottles they're going to sell and Doritos or whatever their, their snack food is and, and then having an earnings per share number. It's it, There are different dynamics. And, and that's why you can see some of these wild swings that, you know, not everybody loves loves to uh um, walk through or go through. Um, but Joel, why don't we talk then um, about some of the big cap stocks, those, those go-to names that have been such the winners over the past number of years, and then we'll kind of get into a little bit more of the ones that you think are really interesting right now. Um, you know, Amazon and Apple, those, those stocks have been weak as of late. What, what's going on there from an institutional perspective? 
Yeah, I mean, we've, you know, me and you have talked about Apple, I feel, you know, probably for four years now. And every time you get this sort of pullback, I think we've had about a 15% pullback. I could be off a little bit. Um, it's a buying opportunity. I mean, Apple, I think, you know, starts at the top with Tim Cook. But, you know, obviously, you know, the 5G handset sales have, have been ahead of expectations. Now, JP Morgan had a negative note out yesterday. So that kind of weighed on Apple and, and, and some other supply chain members. But, you know, we, we, we think they're being overly, you know, conservative and we really don't don't believe their numbers but you know apple you know clearly their iphone's still the best product in the market you know their accessory business is becoming a bigger piece of the pie with with airpods success and then the services just kind of re remains uh, the gravy train um which continues to grow albeit at, at a slower pace but we're still seeing mid-teens mid-teens growth for a huge growing asset um and and they're still slowly but surely making you know some 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 you know, making their way in the, in the streaming with Apple, Apple TV, but the story is still driven by the iPhone and what they're doing with the services. And then, you know, some of the smaller port and, and we'll see what they do on the EV front as well. That's obviously something that's gained a lot more attention. Um, but I think why, I think you can't bet against Tim Cook and Apple for what they're doing, saying going to EV, they've done it. They're, they're moving very slowly. You know, people have speculated about the, you know, quote unquote, iCar, whatever you want to call it for probably five plus years now. And there's still really nothing concrete. So we think they're gonna go down the partnership path, whether it's with a Kia, Hyundai, one of those type of OEMs is yet to be seen. Um, but clearly that they're just, they're, they're playing their options. They're, they're taking their time. They're not gonna rush anything. And again, given their track record of, of just flawless execution, it's it's an impossible company to bet, bet, bet against. So mm -hmm. we are seeing dip buyers of Apple. Uh, and then Amazon, similar story. I mean, they're still, the, the, when it comes to the cloud wars, they're the king of the hill. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, Microsoft has is, is, is clearly been gaining some share of late uh, and Google's a distant third. But um, again, they, they've, you know, with, with cloud, what they're doing on the e-commerce front, um, as well as some other their other businesses, you know, they're, they're, they're buy and hold type of stories. You can actively trade them, um, but it's tough to get too bearish on those type of names. Yeah. So, so Apple and Amazon, you'd be a, whole, a holder of. Um, what's interesting as well, of course, is Google seemed to be so under-owned and un, unloved by the uh, by the institutional community going back, I don't know, maybe five months ago. And then it started to get a little bit of a pickup. Where, where do investors uh, stand on that stock now? Yeah, I mean that Alpha, Alphabet's my number one pick in large cap in the, in the large cap, you know, kind of fan complex. Um, it's it's been that way for a few months now, and I think uh, uh, you, you, that's what you want to stay with for sure. Um, and, and and for a few reasons you said, it's been one of the more underweight name, uh, under the radar type of names within that complex. And you clearly have YouTube continues to grow at at, at a furious clip, and more importantly, last quarter. We finally are going to get more visibility and metrics regarding their cloud growth. Um, this is the first time they ever broke it out, and so that eventually, it's and, and to me that that signals to the market that they this is where they're focused on. They want they they think that business is, is warrants a higher multiple, and that's just part of the system of the uh, some of the parts you know valuation case is that mm -hmm. the portion of the business deserves a lot higher multiple, and and it's, it's going to and and they're, they're going to make a big push to gain share from Microsoft and Amazon. They don't have to gain a ton of share but they could become a, a much more meaningful player in, in that battle. Um, and then last part of the story, you know, digital ad recovery has been, been phenomenal. Um, and, and, and they're kind of obviously, you know, search businesses is, is still uh, the, the best out there. So for me, Alphabet, cleaner positioning, uh, the YouTube component, you know, digital ad recovery, 
And then obviously the, the more visibility metrics for the cloud unit, I, I think it's a story you want to get behind. And it has outperformed, or sorry, underperformed going back, you know, five, 10 years versus some of these other large cap growth names. And I think I think that's where kind of a name you want to you want to keep adding into the momentum to the upside. It's amazing that um, these big bellwethers within tech, the Amazon, Apple, and Google's of the world, um, you know, sound like they are still the the secular stories and the leaders in their position that you want to continue to own. I mean, because even when you see these stock prices move, you you know, you kind of always sit there and think, should I sell? Should I sell? Or or do I buy now? Yeah. Um, it, it sounds like you don't sell. I mean, trim if that's what you like to do, but go keep stay long. Yeah, I think. You know, it's it's. I know it seems like a very lazy way of investing, but I mean that's kind of what's been working. And yeah. and obviously we with, with COVID's kind of, you know, led to the big rotation in tech last year for obvious reasons. And now as as that narrative shifts to you know vaccine optimism and reopening and hopefully return to normal normalcy by the end of the summer, depending on where you live, um, we've seen this big rotation of value. But with with with, with end of the day, you know, we've heard it multiple times from 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 Jay Powell this week. You know, the Fed is going to remain extremely accommodative. So until that narrative changes, um, you, you have to you, you know, stick with the winners to some degree. But like I said, I mean, I, I do think value, this value trade probably has a little bit more legs, but I, I would not want to just you know, blow out of my Apple or Amazon position because you, know, you think tech is dead because that's just the wrong way to go about it. Got it. Um, and when we think about all the stimulus uh, being put into the global economy, you know, you mentioned um, at, at the top basically saying that, you know, semis are going to be a, a beneficiary of that. Um, talk to us a little bit about, you know, what some of the names are that we should be looking at there. And also, of course, you know, Biden um, signing an executive order, um, yeah. really kind of looking at the semi shortage. I don't know what we're going to accomplish from it, but it seems as though maybe we'll have more made in America um, plants. Yeah. I mean, and, and it could save Intel, which is obviously, uh, I've had a rough go of late as well. Um, but yeah, so I think it was, a, I think the headlines first hit last week really was, I think on the same day where it came out, you know, and then, and then Joe Biden finally signed it in, the, in an executive order this week where the U S is, is, is going to try to figure out how, how to address the global supply shortages and reduce the supply chain risk. The European union said the exact same thing. Um, and no real shocker. I mean, obviously, Taiwan Semi um, it, it, and Samsung are probably, the, you know, the world's, you know, two of the world and, and, and as well as United Micro and Global Foundries are the world's leading kind of, you know, manufacturers out there. But it's clear, you know, the global chain with, again, the rise in EVs and the increasing investment in artificial intelligence and 5G, you know, infrastructure that continues to be built out. And increasing chip complexity, that the world needs more capacity. So we'll see how this works out. It's going to take years, to years, but you have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Clearly, that's what you have to realize. So, I mean, are you going to get a, you know, an, an executive order this week? It may mean we have a couple of big manufacturing facilities, you know, a decade out. But currently in the U.S., only I think global, uh, sorry, only, only 12% of global uh, semi-supply, semi-chips uh, are manufactured in the U.S., so, you know, maybe you can get that up to 25% over a 10 year period. I mean, I'm throwing that out there, but I know yeah. Taiwan semis and they're currently, they're building a new fab in Arizona. Uh, Samsung has a facility in Texas. Maybe they, 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 you know, you know, do a big expansion to that as well. Um, so for that, I think you want it, you want to be exposed to, to the semi equipment stocks. So it's the big ones are applied materials, uh, ASML, which is really the, the, the winner for the continued shift to leading edge. Um, 
and LAM research, LRCX is a ticker for that one. And they're more levered to the memory side of things, which continues to recover. Um, it, but again, that's kind of the, the easy, I call them the arms dealers of all this, the, of the global secular trends that are really showing no signs of slowing. Mm. So again, very simple stories. You don't have to overthink it. Um, but we do know that, you know, if, if you're going to have the, the US, the EU, China continues to ramp up production as well, they're going to build fabs. They need to, they need to, you know, they need to buy the gear from some people. And it's, uh, it's going to be these select players that are going to benefit. And where do we stand then on a company like NVIDIA? I mean, they had great numbers and yet the stock was down by 8% yesterday. Yeah, I, I've actually, I've been off the NVIDIA train for a while. Um, and more or less, I, I've kind of always, prefer, I've been prefer, I prefer AMD um, more because, I, I mean, obviously AMD, they, they compete in the same markets to some degree, but AMD really continues to benefit from Intel's woes, um, you know, on, on the manufacturing side. And, and AMD just continues to gain market share. Uh, their, their new product cycles continue to gain traction. But so in, in terms of NVIDIA, the problem with NVIDIA right now, um, you know, it came, it was a big focus on their, their, their conference call the other night is that they do have exposure uh, to crypto um, and management really didn't want to talk about it, rightfully so, but it's never a good thing when your stock becomes a little bit of a proxy uh, for Bitcoin, given the volatility. A lot of seasoned investors don't want to deal with it. Um, and so we'll see how that plays out. But that's kind of, the, and also, sorry for NVIDIA, um, they kind of, it sounds like their data center growth is slowing a little bit. You know, gaming's the, the bread and butter for them. They, you know, over over 50% of the business comes from the gaming end market. Um, but again, they warned of data center kind of just slowing a little bit. Uh, mm. You throw in the crypto kind of overhang. Is this a story you want to deal with right now? Probably not. So it's okay. You, you get a, you get a move like that. I don't think you need to buy that anytime soon. Uh, mm. I think there's other names in the semi space could go after. Okay. Um, it's interesting though, with respect to NVIDIA and their exposure to, to crypto, just, can you just describe that a little bit further? Yeah. So essentially it's just like, you know, like anything like high-end gamers need these, you know, higher end GPU gaming chips, you know, crypto miners, you know, they, they need the same type of high-end chips to kind of, uh, to, to keep their facilities going as well. And that's what miners are, are looking for. Um, and, and mm-hmm. so it's, it's that simple. Um, so GPUs are also using cryptocurrencies as well as gaming. Um, and it just, you know, NVIDIA's chips are, are, are the, 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 the GPU of choice for that crowd. Um, yeah. So that, that's really the extent of it for, for them. Um, but it was kind of, it was funny, their CEO Jensen, he just, he really didn't want to, he didn't, he, he kind of downplayed it significantly. He says he doesn't see, see it being a material part of the business moving forward. And, and I think rightfully so. Hmm. Um, when we think about some of the social media stocks, um, of course, Facebook, another big bellwether comes to mind, but there's so many other ones as well that kind of play into that same area, whether it's uh, Pinterest or Snap or what have you, uh, Etsy. Uh, yeah. These are some of the higher flying stocks as of late or, or the ones that really, you know, kind of appeal to certain people who obviously use their product. Um, what, what's the outlook for some of those stocks right now or the interest? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I touched on it earlier. Um you know, Facebook has been a major source of frustration for a lot of people. It's been dead money. I want to say since early August, maybe early September, I could be off there. Um, I mean, I'm telling the stock has done absolutely nothing. Um, and then, you know, one and, and the recent earnings report was pretty lackluster, you know, daily active and monthly active users in North America are stalling and just, you know, stalling to declining. Um, you have the regulatory stuff, you know, their, their recent battle down in Australia, 
Um, apparently, they've been accused of inflating some of their audience numbers as well. It's it's typical, right? With Zuckerberg, it seems like these issues come up every now and then. But and then, but boom, just like what we've been seeing the past you know few weeks from Twitter, Snapchat, and Pinterest. Um, you know, you don't have to own them all, but I'd own a combination of them all, all to reduce your risk somewhat. But mm-hmm. there's some interesting things or in terms of just new new products coming out. Uh, they're really giving more more clarity and visibility in their monetization. Um, you know, efforts and, and how they see them, see the company moving forward with these newer products. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you just touched on e-commerce. I mean, God, like, I, I think I, I highly suggest anyone just kind of skim through, you know, Etsy's conference call last night. And I think what makes us here so bullish on e-commerce overall, it's, you know, COVID obviously has accelerated trends, but I think consumers, it's just become engraved in, in, in people's behavior. Um, like it never was before. And that's, people aren't going to revert to wanting to, you know, maybe, I mean, yeah, people, there are going to be people who want to go to a mall, walk around for a couple hours, go through that whole dog and pony show. But I think there's going to be a good chunk of, of, of the consumers out there. Why do I need to spend two hours going to a mall, you know, walking around when I can just go on Etsy or go on Wayfair? They all have great customer service, you know, you know, services as well. Uh, get what you need and, and you can spend that time with family, friends, do anything, but be, be inside. Um, and, and, and hence you, you'll see consumer kind of, you'll see e-commerce become a much bigger piece of the pie. And, and these guys will gain a lot more share in the years ahead. So, so that's definitely one thing that you're going to, uh, you believe will, will uh, stay with us. Um, Want to yeah. get to cybersecurity as well. And then we'll get to a couple of, uh, a couple of the questions. Yeah. Um, cybersecurity, key theme. We've talked about cybersecurity though, for so many years, uh, I mean, give us the update in terms of how these stocks have really performed, and you know who's really leading the charge here. Yeah, it's been the the the, the company that jumps out to me is Z, Zscaler, uh, the ticker ZS for for those guys, and they're pretty much just cloud cloud security. Um, and the stock was it was up up about five percent last I checked. They reported last night. Um, I mean, talk about probably one of the best CEOs in the entire industry. Um, and, and what he was really saying is like, you know, in terms of, of the shift to the cloud, digital transformations, the work from home kind of hybrid model, he's just saying it's, you know, kind of said it's, it's here to stay. We're never going to revert to the way things were. I mean, it's kind of nice when you have people say like my, you know, older, say older people like myself who, who have families, like never again, are you going to be forced to go downtown, you know, five days a week, there's always going to be a remote and, and, and a hybrid model, meaning you, but you're going to need still elevated security because of that. Um, but now moving, looking down the chain, mid-December, you had the big solar winds attack, um, impacted 100, 100 plus companies, multiple government agencies in the US, extremely sophisticated attack that was, was in, in motion for you know, months. Um, and we keep on, seems like we keep on getting out new details as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's a, a risk. I mean, security has always been one of those things, you know, see a breach happens, people say we got to be better, we're going to spend more security, then people kind of get lazy and can say, well, it, it hasn't happened to us, we're, we don't need to spend there. Um, that's where I think the, 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 the more, the, the hybrid working environment and the shift to cloud, the accelerated shift to cloud, digital transformations, mm-hmm. it's kind of mean, we're probably still in the mid innings of this trade. So um, I prefer some of the smaller caps in the space. I mentioned Zscaler. Uh, on the on the cloud security side of things, um, sale points another one. The ticker sale S A I S A I L. They reported great numbers, really strong guidance last night as well. They do identity management, 
Uh, and TELUS, uh, tickers TLS in the US on that one, they have over 90% exposure to the to government, um, the US government, and that's what you want. And, and, and Joe Biden, he made it pretty clear that, that security is gonna be a big focus of, of, uh, uh, of their plans, at least mm -hmm. you know, when they, they roll out their early spending plans, security is a big chunk of it. Um, so again, I think this is a portion of your portfolio you have to have you have to have some exposure to security. Wow. Uh, just look around you. Um, the connected auto, the con more connected home, work from home, uh, and again, just the overall shift to the cloud. It, it's people are doing a lot more in in, in uh, on connected device connected devices. So yeah, it's not going away. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, you're obviously in your home office and you're, you know, running a trading desk and and the setup that I now have in my home studio is, I mean, I'm so connected. I have so many different computers, PCs, laptops, everything. I mean, I always want to unplug everything because I think everything's recording piece. So. <laughs> so there's a lot of tech going on right here and I don't own enough of those stocks. Um, Joel, just two, two more items that I want to let you get back to the trading desk, but um we talked about a lot of stocks that you like. Um, is there any other stock that you should mention that you also think is, is a really great one to know and own? Um, let's see here. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, you look at the recovery play, right? We, we, we've obviously here in Canada, you've seen the big, the big rotation, long overdue rotation back into energy. You know, financials can continue to act well, materials. Uh, but within TMT, if you want a, a pure play, on a return to normalcy, you know, I think, I think, you know, this year, at least 2021, we're not going to see a rush of business travel to, to some degree. That's probably still a year away. Um, but I look at Lyft. Um, it, it's a, a U.S. pure play on, on, on ride share recovery. Oh. Um, and, and why I say that stock, you know, it, it obviously recovered in the second half of 2020, but massively underperformed Uber for, for rightfully reasons, right? You know, rightful reasons, you know, Uber has the ease component, um, which kind of saved it during the, the you know, coming dur during COVID. Um, but, but Uber also has a lot more um, uh, global exposure. You know, they recently had a negative ruling in the UK a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think earlier this week, uh, the Chinese uh, Dai Dai, they announced plans to expand further into Europe, Western Europe as well. That's, you know, a big part of business for Uber. Uh, and I think just Uber has a lot less hair to the story. Um, they're going to start doing- Uber or Lyft? Oh, sorry, Lyft. Sorry, Lyft. Okay, okay. Yeah. I expect that's, I love that as a pair trade. Give me, give me long lift, short Uber any day of the week for the next two to three quarters. And, and don't forget, Uber's also going to be facing a lot more, you know, serious comps to, on the each side of the business, uh, you know, in Q2, Q3, it, which, which a SOC is going to have to deal with. Um, yeah. And, and I think Lyft is just going to be the path to profitability. It, it's just a lot cleaner in, in the mm. near. So Lyft's a, a, a name there. And then you know, a name like Airbnb, a winner from more domestic localized travel people, you know, they're going to gain share from people just looking at, you know, less uh, traditional accommodations. And that's been whether it's going to the beach, the lake house, whatever it may be, you know, Airbnb is clearly gaining share, um, you know, from, from, from the hotels. And I, I, I kind of prefer, prefer that name over, over some of the others. Okay. Um, and Joel, let me just take a couple of questions. I think we've done enough that we need to do on AMD and NVIDIA, et cetera. Uh, that question was coming from um, David. There's one, though, um, with respect to, um, hold on here, 5G. We talked a little bit about that. Best best play for 5G, is it Qualcomm or Broadcom? Um, it's a good question. I mean, uh, my computer here. Um, I actually prefer 
uh, Marvell. Marvell. Marvell is a little bit better positioned uh, as a, and they also their cloud infrastructure in a 5G place. So a little bit more of a, I think it's the problem with Qualcomm is, which has been a great recovery story, but they do have a lot of exposure to China as well. And there is some talks about Apple kind of building out their own modem. So there is some, there's some potential headline risk with, with Qualcomm there. If Apple was to kind of you know bring their modem business in-house. Um, uh, Broadcom's become just, a, again, a, pretty much just a, a steady eddy type of stock. It's become extremely diversified over the past five, 10 years. Hawk Tan, their CEO, really just went on to M&A tear, tear for a streak there. Um, so, you know, my favorite 5G play right now is, is, is Marvell, um, but I probably prefer Qualcomm, probably prefer Qualcomm over Broadcom though. Um, okay. We are going to get a huge up, up uh, a huge lift in, in 5G handsets in 2021, which Qualcomm does have more exposure to. Got it. Um, alternative energy EV, best play there? Oof, good question. I think I'm a little bit, you, you look at Kathy Wood's ARC ETF family and there's a lot, there's a lot of those type of names in, in that umbrella. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit more cautious on, on that, that side of things uh, and EV. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I like to see, you look at the, look at the poster child for momentum. I mean, to me, like Tesla continues to make lower highs, you know, uh, it doesn't act well. Uh, I, I think I think some of the air is going to come out of these EV stocks, at, at least in the near term. So I'm a little bit more hesitant on chasing some of these. It's kind of like, you know, look at like work, you know, name like workhorse yesterday, gapped up 20 percent, back down 18 percent today. If, if you can stomach that type of volatility, you know, you're better than me. Um, but I think if you're, you're talking longer term, I, I think it's, you know, a little, little, little bit too much volatile for, for my liking. Okay. Uh, and lastly, we, you and I talk about Disney and Netflix a lot. We haven't yet today. So just real quick here, a question from Thomas. Um, does he see Disney becoming a tech stock as the company and others focus more on streaming and competing against Netflix? I mean, that's been a bit of a headwind for Netflix, potentially that, that theme coming out, but what, what do you say? Oh, I love, I love Disney. Uh, I think we, we, I talked with you about it months ago. Absolutely love Disney. I mean, they're absolutely, they're, they're direct to consumer strategy. You know, they had the analyst day in early mid-December, I, I want to say, forget what day it was exactly. The recent earnings, I mean, they are just firing on all cylinders in, ter- in terms of what they're doing on the streaming platform. Uh, they're rolling out the more adult-oriented kind of star network globally as well. Um, I think they gave more details of that uh, recently. Um, but yeah, so now you have Disney, the streaming, they're clearly, it's them and Netflix at the top of the streaming chain. It's not even number threes. Everyone else is going to be fighting for share at the bottom. Um, and then what I love about Disney, here you are, here's a stock that, you know, obviously took it lo- its lumps at, at certain points of 2020, I think got as low as 85 or somewhere in the high 80s. Um, and now you see it's knocking on 200. Um, they, here's a company that survived on their streaming strategy while two thirds of the business was literally on fire. The parks business, the film industry has been, been under attack. Um, you know, cable with the lack of live sports, that was a big part of them. So I think Disney's a stock will continue to re-rate higher. Um, you know, it's getting a little bit stretched maybe up here, but if you do see a pullback, a ten, like, like something like Apple, like a 10, 15% pullback, you want to be, you want to be buying it. Um, mm-hmm. it it's, it's got great exposure and they got a lot of exposure to, 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 to the, the opening up of the, of the, of the world coming in the second half of this year. I mean, their numbers could really uh, explode to the upside. Um, you know, the back half of this year. Yeah. And, and for so many reasons, don't we all just want to go to Disney World? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go there quite yet. Um, uh, yes. Those millions, millions who do. Uh, yeah. 
Well, and you have little ones, so you'll be going, I'm sure. Um, Joel, I'm going to let you get back to trading. It's 1.45. Thank you so much for your time in the middle of the day. Appreciate it and all your thoughts. Uh, yeah, that was great. Thank you. All right. Okay, have a great rest of the day. Too. Bye. Bye.